This is Radio Influence, podcasting redefined. Welcome back to the Lawfather Podcast. As always, we are here in Lawfather headquarters. I am the Lawfather Podcast studio. Uh, check us out on all of our social media platforms, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And uh, today, which is Monday the 19th, I believe. Uh, yep, it is the 19th at 4.30 today. Uh, those of you who are catching it on, uh, catching this podcast on the day that I recorded it and uh, it was released. Uh, I will be on the Ron and, uh, excuse me, it's not the Ron and Ian show anymore. Uh, it is the uh, Beckles and Reacher show. Uh, I'll be on at 4.30 and we're going to be discussing uh, Richard Sherman and um, some of the things that went on with him. You know, touch base with on that real quickly because I, I believe the premise of what we're going to be talking about this afternoon has a little bit to do with what uh, I think Ian and I have both seen with guys we know who have played professional football and, um, you know, maybe some other lines of work that share some similar characteristics and how some of the comments made uh, in that in that situation with Richard Sherman, how they sound eerily similar to uh, some other situations that uh, of people that he and I personally have known. So um, that's what that'll be about. But, you know, let's touch on the legal aspect of that real quickly because, hey, this is a legal show and uh, it's not going to be the main topic of the show today. We're actually going to talk about, or I'm actually going to talk about DACA and Dreamers and uh, the most recent ruling on that. But one kind of interesting thing to look at, he was charged, Richard Sherman, that is, was charged with burglary. And it, most times we think of burglary as, hey, someone breaks into your house and steals stuff, right? And so some of you who may be listening may be saying, well, why was he charged with burglary? He didn't necessarily steal anything, or at least uh, not that I've heard that, that he attempted to steal anything. And the reality is uh, burglary is a charge that just happens to usually run along with a theft charge. Okay. So here in Florida, it is, uh, you are guilty of a burglary. If uh, you enter or remain in a structure with the intent to commit a crime therein, that's what it is. So any crime therein. So, uh, you could go in with the intent to beat somebody up. You could go in with the intent to, uh, steal something. You could actually go in with the intent to trespass, uh, your, it just as your intent has to be to commit a crime after you've committed the burglary, which is the coming into the, um, dwelling or uh, whatever the case may be. All right. So that's what it is. And, uh, that definition of burglary is actually just apparently it's been beaten into my mind because I did not prep for that part of the show whatsoever today, but that is <laughs> what that is. So, um, it, it, like I said, if you are catching this show, uh, this podcast on Monday, the 19th, 4 30 PM today, uh, I will be on the Beckles and Reacher show. Uh, those of you who may be unfamiliar, it is the former Ron and Ian show, which I have been on uh, before as well. Uh, I believe Ron retired uh, three, four months ago now, maybe a little bit longer. Uh, time kind of flies, but um, Jay Reacher is in that spot. He was a longtime producer and uh, had filled in uh, at times when there was uh, before Ian came back into the picture. But anyway, let's dive into the main topic of today's show, and that is DACA which is the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals. 
Okay. Uh, there's another name for it, uh, dreamers, uh, but th- that relates to kind of specific individuals, if you will. But recently, it was determined that DACA is unlawful because it violates the Administrative Procedure Act, and that's something that governs federal rulemaking, and it evades the normal notice and comment process, okay? Essentially, what this court is saying, and, and we'll, we'll start with the end and maybe work our way there, but it really essentially what this court is saying that, hey, you know what? There's a procedure in place. It's been in place since I don't know, maybe right around 1776 or something along those lines uh, where you have a a legislature who makes the laws and an executive branch who enforces the laws. And uh, then you have the the judicial branch that interprets the laws. Okay. And essentially what this judge is saying is that the DACA program skirts that it, there's an avenue for creating new laws. Right? There's an avenue for creating rules, and there's an avenue for creating how things are done. And what this opinion is saying, and in my opinion, probably rightfully so, that this process was skirted. And, you know, look, I, I, it, I don't know where anybody necessarily falls on this particular issue. I could say I understand why it's in place, right? And, and, and look, you know, I, I can kind of think of it like this. Uh, in my family, the, I am the third generation born in the United States. The rest of my family came over from Sicily, both sides of my family. And I guess I can kind of envision it because I at least met one of my great grandparents who were the first to come over from Sicily to, to the United States. And granted, obviously I wasn't there. It'd be kind of weird if I was, um, but I, I can kind of envision what happened, right? And I've heard some of the stories, you know, like I, for example, I know that the Italian language died with my grandmother, right? Not when she died, but when she was a child, she got hurt and had to go to the hospital and they had spoken English and Italian and it, she went to the hospital and couldn't think of how to tell them what was going on in English. She could only tell them in Italian. And, and from what I understand from the stories from that point forward, she was only allowed the, the kids, um, which would be, you know, my grandmother and, and my great aunts and uncles were only allowed to speak English. Okay. So I come into this, not with any necessarily firsthand knowledge, but with some family history and, and being able to kind of think of it from that perspective. So when you look at, at DACA, it, what it's meant to protect is it's meant to protect the kids. Okay. So mom and dad, or mom and dad or mom or just dad come over, come into the United States illegally and they bring their child. And what the DACA program does is says, okay, you know, we're not going to deport you as a, you're a child. We're not going to deport you. We're going to let you stay here and and we're going to let you have a social security number and you'll be entitled to social security and you'll be entitled uh, to Medicare. Okay. Now, I know sometimes it gets confusing. You have Medicaid and Medicare. Uh, Medic, they're both federally funded type programs. Medicaid has to do uh, with income and socioeconomic pieces. And um, Medicare is for when you get older. It's essentially a government-backed retirement, uh, excuse me, not retirement, um, uh, healthcare. Okay, healthcare for uh, for the uh, 
not elderly, but uh, I believe the program is about 60 years old, something along those lines. So anyway, they're entitled to those pieces, right? And, and it stops them from being deported. And, and here's, here's where I see the value in this, right? Because look, you could be one year old and be brought over into the United States. Yes, you're technically an illegal alien in the United States because, well, your parents didn't come over legally, but it's all you've ever known. Maybe it's the only language, language you've ever spoken, right? And it's the only place you've ever lived. So how do you take somebody who, you know, maybe you're 10, 11, 12 at that point. Heck, maybe you're even 18 at, at the point that without this program, someone goes, hey, yeah, you're here, here illegally. You need to go back to the country that, that you're from, right? But the problem is, is that person really isn't from that other country, Okay. Yeah, they technically are. And yes, they're technically illegally in the United States. However, what are you going to do? They, they know literally nothing. And look, they may know some, but for the most part, they may literally know nothing about that other country. Okay. Could you take me and drop me in Sicily and could I be successful? Well, at my age, I could probably figure it out. Right. But you know, as an adult, because you have life experience, but it'd be extremely difficult. I, I couldn't imagine being you know, 18 and trying to figure that out because, hey, you don't know the language, you don't know the place, you don't know where even to start, right? And oh, by the way, it, things are different in other countries, right? You have different governments, different ways to do things, different everything, and you don't know what they are, okay? So that's the underlying basis of it. Now, Here's where it becomes a problem. <laughs> and look, it's, it's a problem of our government's own making. I'm not throwing the government under the bus, but here's the thing. This DACA was created in 2012. It was created with the Obama administration. All right. And the problem that I see with it is, is that Congress tried to pass something like this several times and it failed every single time. Now, without going into the history of the ins and outs of how and why, okay, it just did. And look, that would be the correct process. And, and me personally, I wouldn't fight that process. I wouldn't say, hey, no, we shouldn't have a process in place for that. And look, I'm all for legal immigration, okay? I'll, I'll, I don't really get into a lot of politics, but look, my family came over into Ellis Island, and you know, some of them didn't have papers, like a lot of Italians, okay, um, didn't have papers as they came over. So I understand that, but they all came over illegally, at least as far as I know, um, and I've never had a problem, so I'm going to assume that every single one of them uh, came over here uh, legally. So, um, and my parents have never had any problems or anybody else. So that said, um, you know, there, there's a way to do it, but but you know, we're punishing the kids for what the parents did. And, and it may not be uh, placed correctly, but maybe, maybe Congress just needs to pass something that says, this is how we do it. And, and look, not one of those pork filled type bills. And, and it's just the term for it. I don't know. Um, <laughs> I'm not huge in the politics, but I just know that that's what they call the extra fat that they put into uh, these bills. And look, if you want, if the Congress wants to pass a bill that deals directly with the children and doesn't try to weave in things with parents and this, that, the other, then 
I think you could see something with a lot of support. But as it stands now, as of 2012, it was tried several times and it failed every single time. So then we fast forward to 2012 and we have the Department of Homeland Security and the secretary of that agency, Janet Napolitano. Wow, sorry, that's apparently a mouthful for me. Introduced this program, the DACA program that is, in a three-page memo, okay? And what it did was it essentially, for lack of a better term, it essentially decriminalized uh, these immigrant children, right? And stopped deportations. And what, so what it did was it directed immigration enforcement officers not to remove certain young people who were brought into this country as children who met specific delineated criteria, and then, so for those who did qualify for the program, they were allowed to remain in the country temporarily. And it was through a renewable two-year period, uh, and they considered it deferred action, right? And deferred action is actually something that is allowed in our, immigra- in, in our immigration process, okay? It is. But what this did is it took deferred action, and it said, this is the box that we're going to put it in. These are the, the pieces that you have to check off. And oh, by the way, you can apply for it. And I think that's where this thing falls apart from a legal analysis. Because look, you're saying that Congress has tried and failed several times to create a program and to put it into U.S. code, right? So we're going to create our own program by the Department of Homeland Security, and we're going to accept applications for it. And we're going to have boxes you can check, right? Versus saying, okay, in this instance, we're going to defer action. And this one, we're going to enforce action. And then this one over here, we're going to defer. So, you know, here's what, here's what they came up with. Uh, they had to be under the age of 16 when they came to the U.S., uh, that they had continuously resided in the U.S. for at least five years preceding June 15th, 2012, uh, which is the date that this memo was from, and is present in the U.S. on that same date, uh, that they're currently in school or graduated from high school um, or honorably just discharged veteran of any of the armed forces of the U.S., uh, and they've not been convicted of a felony offense, a significant misdemeanor offense, multiple misdemeanor offenses, or otherwise pose a threat to national security or public safety, uh, and is not above the age of 30. So, um, as I mentioned, it does make them eligible for benefits and, uh, the benefits being social security number, which gives you social security and, uh, and Medicaid or excuse me, Medicare, uh, not Medicaid, Medicare. So that's, that's what, how this came about. Okay. That's what DACA is. And now the court, and, and this has come up several times. Uh, I know the Trump administration tried to back it down and back it down, uh, but, Prior to that, the there was a previous case, and in the in the new case, the most recent case, which was filed by the state of Texas, uh, but there's actually eight other states, so nine states total as plaintiffs, had actually filed suit in 2015, and that suit went away somewhat quietly. Okay, and what happened was was the plaintiffs the several states that were involved in that one, and the Department of Homeland Security reached an agreement. They reached a settlement. And it was unique in a way because, typically speaking, um, when when you reach a settlement, you have one party that um, files a notice of dismissal, 
and it's a single party action and or a single party filing and it is the process of starting to close the case. In this instance, they actually all of the parties agreed. So in in a rarity, if you will, you had the, the plaintiffs and the defendants both signing off on the dismissal of this action. Okay. And it was done through uh, the U.S. Department of Homeland Security releasing a memorandum that was the rescission of um, DACA. And, and what it was, was there was a couple other pieces that, that Homeland Security really tried to push in, right? They said, okay, DAC has been successful. So uh, let's, let's create something that's a deferred action for parents of Americans and lawful permanent residents, right? Um, and it became a little bit cumbersome, right? I, I think everybody could go, okay, kids, cool, great. Um, but yeah, you just expanded it to just about everybody. So um, it, it would have, that program, that new program, accounted for about 50% of, um, of all of the uh, illegal immigrants in the United States. So that would have been a substantial amount of people that would have been eligible for benefits. Now, flip side of it is if they're eligible for benefits, they're only eligible for benefits if they paid in to the benefits. Okay. So if you don't know how social security works, when you get it, um, it, it has to do with credits and, and you pay in. So if you look at your pay stub, you'll see FICA on there. That is your social security. Uh, part of that is your social security. So if you never work a day in your life, it, I believe there's some amount of social security that you become entitled to. Okay. Um, and, and we're not talking about those that don't work because of a disability or anything else. Let's just say somehow, somewhere, I don't know, trust fund baby who just truly can just kick back and live off of that trust fund forever and ever and ever. Um, I, there may be some provision within social security, but by and large, how it works is you pay in and you're it's essentially like, and look, I, I don't want a bunch of comments saying, no, it's not like a 401k. I know it's not exactly like a 401k or a, a pension or anything else like that, but it's similar in the sense that you pay in and you get money back in retirement. Okay. Um, that is, is how that works. Um, so after that first one and that settlement, the government did attempt to phase out, um, phase out DACA. Uh, but then there were lawsuits that came up and they were in, these were 2018. There were several lawsuits against president Trump, uh, for that. But at the same time, why? Because look, there was an agreement, right? There was a settlement agreement and seemingly these cases seem to bypass an attempt to bypass that settlement agreement. So, um, that is kind of how we get to where we are now because those cases allowed DACA to go back in full force and allow the taking of applications. So long story short, that's what DACA is and why. What it, so here's the thing. It, it's not that the program itself was deemed to be unconstitutional and illegal. Okay. So the DACA program for those that are already in it and those applications that are already in are safe for now. Okay. For now. Um, look, the, the law is one of those things that's always ever changing and um, it's really fluid. So that's not to say, and, and look, I think they've created their own problems with the ability for this to be fluid because it was not done through Congress. 
Okay. This was just in essentially, this was a memo by the department of Homeland security to the department of Homeland security and, and how they were going to enforce certain things. Okay. So whenever you have something like that, they giveth and they can taketh away. Right. And, and, and I think, I don't, I, I doubt you'll see that, but theoretically you could. Right. And so, yes, they attempted to solve a problem, but I think they created a bigger problem in the long run. So who knows why Congress couldn't get their act together pre-2012 in figuring that out. Maybe Congress can figure it out now. Maybe this can be a, hey, enough is enough. Let's figure this out type of thing rather than, hey, Obama, you know, Obama Democrat administration feels one way. Trump, a Republican administration feels another way. Biden, a Democrat administration feels another way. Hey, maybe the next administration is a Republican administration. We have this tug on what DACA is and, and what it stands for and what's allowed and what's not allowed. If Congress were to act, we'd take some of that tug away, right? Because it would be codified. So, um, what this court ruling really does, and it's already set up to be appealed. Okay. That's already in the works. So, uh, this already, even though this opinion was filed seven sixteen of 2021. Okay. So three days prior to this podcast. Okay. This, uh, this opinion was filed. There's already an appeal in the works. So keep that in mind. And, and look, it, it's from a, an appellate court uh, a federal appellate court. So look, this could make its way up to the Supreme court and likely it will make its way up to the U S Supreme court. And then the determination will have to be how much can, how binding is a Supreme court opinion on something that is not part of U S code. Right? So it'd be interesting to see how that lies and, and what happens with it and everything else. But all this ruling really did was block new applications. Okay, so from 7-16-2021 on there until there's something that happens, whether there's an injunction against that ruling or some sort of temporary restraining order on it or temporary injunction or complete overturn, for now, no new DACA applications are allowed. Uh, there's several thousand that are in the works uh, and my understanding of the reading of this those are still at play, but that is the breakdown of what DACA is and, and what this ruling really means. So this ruling in the Southern District of Texas doesn't destroy DACA, okay? Doesn't take away benefits from anybody who is already involved in the program. It just stops new applications. But that said, maybe it's time for Congress to take a look at this and maybe we come up with a, a long-term plan that can't have these court battles. I mean, look, these who benefits from these court battles like this, right? And it, it it's on some levels, I suppose, a political ploy to pull votes in, in one direction or another. So um, maybe we take that away by getting Congress to enact and codify this. But anyway, that is the show for today. Broke down DACA and what that is and what this new ruling really means. So remember, DACA is still in play. New applications no go, at least for now, could change, likely will change, but who knows in what way, shape or form it will change. It's the Lawfather show here, the Lawfather podcast. Uh, as always, big thank you to Radio Influence and Jason who gets to sit here and listen to me ramble on every Monday morning. And uh, right here from Lawfather headquarters, check us out on social media, Lawfather out.